0: Show, the disc golf podcast you've
1: been looking for.
0: Here we are. Welcome, everybody, to episode number three. Wow, it seems like we've been doing this a long time, Nick. What do you think?
2: I know, right? Three (laughs) weeks. It's going by pretty quick so far. We've had a lot of things that we've worked on, a lot of things that we think are good, some bad, but uh, no, we've been having a blast doing it. It's going by really quickly, actually.
0: Yeah, so in three weeks... We have done three shows. We've had thousands of listens or views, and we thank everybody for that. We, we think if you like it, you'll uh, let us know, and you have, which is excellent. Uh, we're tonight, we're announcing, we actually are on iTunes now. So go subscribe there. And if you're there already, why not hit a review on the stars and give us a review that says hopefully some good things. Nick, have you ever done a review on a podcast? Uh, I have
2: not actually. This will be the first one.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So now you know that it matters. Maybe the next podcast, you know, we can actually. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, we're going to have to do that and get it up for you. So tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, some relevant topics because that's what we like to do here Mm -hmm. PDGA majors which obviously includes Worlds. We talked about that last week. How about the Women's National Disc Golf Championship? That's uh, Honestly, that's going to take take us back a little bit in history there to understand that. Um, another topic. Nick, have you ever been hit by a disc?
2: I don't think personally I have. Unless, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd really have to think about that, but I know I've hit someone with a disc. <laughs> okay, so...
0: So we are going to be discussing getting hit by a disc. So that is going to be interesting. We did a poll over at Disc Golf Discussions, a Facebook group, and we've had over 500 responses to that topic. So we're going to talk about that. And then I think there's a topic we're going to talk about where people might just write us off right away. And Nick, you and I talked about this a little bit. The topic of which is harder, golf or disc golf? And we're going to define that, but what's your initial reaction to that conversation?
2: Well, our little conversation that we had was about a 45-minute Skype call last night about it. So it's a very touchy subject. I think it's very hard to compare the two. But uh, my answer will come in about 40 minutes.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So we put that up on our Facebook page and we're going to try to put things up like that to give you a preview of the shows. Also to invite your feedback to be a part of the conversation before we even go live. But if you're listening on the podcast right now, we invite you to come over to our Facebook page, The Nick and Matt Show, and join us live on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Just jump in, be a part of the conversation. We may actually respond to what you're saying live and you'll end up on a podcast. Also. We don't want to miss out on this one cool fact that we've got Matt Kruger of UDISC. He's- Mr. Mr. Disk himself. <laughs> Mr. Disk. So we're going to talk to him. We're going to find out exactly what his title and role is there a little bit. But besides interviewing him, he's going to be our guest host tonight, joining in on the conversation. We've brought in um, really well-known and we'll even call him famous uh, commentators and Terry Miller. Mm-hmm. We've brought in... The trick shot king Simon Lazotte, mm-hmm. just amazing vlogs and podcasts lately. And yep. last week, we even had the world's best disc golfer's wife <laughs> and Our, w-
2: my best friend.
0: Yes, yeah. I was just gonna say, your best friend, yep. Hannah, um, Hannah Macbeth. Hannah Macbeth. And so, like, we've had a wide variety, and tonight, we're bringing in Matt Kruger. So um, let's just see real quick. Can you touch on just a little bit? We brought a topic up last week that got a lot of response, and it was on how much would you pay to the play disc golf. To, So, like, yeah, you read through all golf. the comments. Would yeah. you just like kind of talk about maybe what you saw and heard from the community?
2: So I think talking about one of the things um, in that subject was we talked about free courses and pay-to-play courses, and we talked about eliminating free courses. And the reason we said that, it wasn't, Obviously, Matt and I love free courses, and it's one of the best ways to grow the sport is actually having free courses out there. We were only saying for the sake of argument, if there were no free courses, if every single course had to pay a certain amount, what would that be? So we did see some comments of people saying, you know, oh, free courses are the way to go. And there's to a point I do agree with that. Obviously, pay to play courses could be should be in better maintenance and everything like that. But no, we did talk about that. Um, I said that if I was playing two special courses, I would pay kind of a significant amount of money. Like I said, for the beast, I would pay $50 for like an all day pass to play the beast and Yarva I'd pay a hundred bucks. So- some of the other, com- some of the comments that I got on that <laughs> yeah. were like, Oh, for him, money must not be an issue. Or like, <laughs> dude, I'm saying like, this is a once in a lifetime. I'm not going to go out and every right. single day, pay a hundred dollars to play Yarva disc golf course. That's. Absolutely. I <laughs> sure you are. It, if I you, if I could afford that, I
0: would. You drive around dynamite. Yeah. You're obviously rolling in the dough. And and yeah. to be fair, I took a soundbite that I thought, you know, might get a reaction. That's what I'm good at and people loved it and they responded to it. Yeah. But and the reason I brought it up just to wrap up this conversation for now. I brought it up in that way again because I wanted to as I said that week, eliminate the option to play a free course so that way we could figure out what disc golf was worth to you. Mm-hmm. And the only way we could do that is by eliminating the free courses, because otherwise everyone defaults to go, you know, where it's easier on the free course
2: instead of the $40 course. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, so what I'm going to do is go ahead and I'm going to bring up uh, Matt Kruger himself. Let me just get his audio set here. Okay, so we should be good, Matt. Welcome to the show.
3: Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Yeah, wonderful. So can you tell us real quick, uh, we have listeners and we've got watchers, they can see you, but like, what is your role at UDisc? Uh Not necessarily the history, but what is your role there?
3: So my current role is essentially I'm the lead Android developer. Uh, and historically, I'm the person that created the app. So it started off being just me. Uh, and these days, I'm the lead Android developer. And then of course, um running a business. <laughs> That's probably half my job. Yeah. In addition to uh, the technical stuff.
0: Wow. So can I ask this question? Is it going to cause controversy? Do you like iPhone or Android better? Or are they just two different platforms to you?
3: I wouldn't say it'll cause controversy. So I like both. Uh, (laughs) I personally use an iPhone. However, I'm an Android developer. Maybe it's sort of a weird juxtaposition, but uh, it yeah. kind of allows me to have the best of both worlds. So I get to play with Android phones all day and write code for Android phones all day. But in, you know, when I'm done with my day, I'm pulling out my iPhone.
0: Nice. Wow. If there's anybody to listen to on the topic of, of debate between iPhone and Android, I feel like it's Matt. Matt Matt's the guy. It may awesome. be
3: true. There's been a few heated battles between me and my family and various friends over this, but in oh, the end, I much. like both of them a lot for different reasons. They're yep. just, it, it just depends what you're trying to get out of it, really.
0: Yeah. And that's usually if you want to keep your friends, you kind of have to go down that road. It depends what you want to get out yeah, of it.
3: Yeah. It's, it's almost like politics. <laughs> oh, my
2: gosh.
0: Yeah. Well, we all
3: love politics.
0: And all I'll say is we don't want to bring politics into this show, but I want to say that besides saying, love everybody there's a serious issue going on in the world in the united states in your neighborhoods right now and i mm-hmm. think everybody needs to pay attention and consider deep inside of themselves what that means to be motivated by love for you okay so that's all i'll say on that let's move on to uh, matt you just was this planned you went on smashbox and they're buddies of ours i don't care calling them out they they we can take some of their followers they can have some of ours but okay. you were on smashbox last night was that already pre-planned before i invited you
3: uh yeah actually two weeks ago we reached out to them because we were we had three big things that we announced this week and so two weeks ago we kind of had a target date for when we were going to have all this done and i said to them hey guys uh, the first week in june could we be on the podcast because we have some big announcements and um, then you reached out i think last yeah. week yeah right or maybe i can't remember but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so so yeah we did uh, jump the gun a little bit on that but it's just good timing cuz there's a lot going on and yeah. the disc golf season is starting again so it's a good yep. time to remind everybody that we exist <laughs> so so nick do you
2: use udisc i do every single round that i play
0: and uh i'm sure matt if you wanted to right now could uh pull it up and see how good you're playing lately i, I do you have access to everybody's stats if you want to
3: well, I mean, you couldn't build an app without being able to see the database. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, but it's not something I spend time doing. There's you know, too much, how those important things to be it. worried about. How
0: long would it take, and this is just a hypothetical, how long would it take right now if I said, hey, go find Nick's latest round for you, like where you are right now practically?
3: Five seconds. Wow! My gosh.
2: Okay, so that's cool.
0: That's (laughs) I'm not gonna
3: do it though. I want to focus. Yes. Focus (laughs) up.
2: Oh, by the way, Hannah. Hannah Macbeth says hello, Matt.
3: (laughs) Hi,
0: Hannah. Wait, was she saying it to me, Matt, or that Matt? We're sitting side by side. That's a good point, actually. So tonight, it's actually the Nick and Matt Squared show. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
2: That's awesome.
0: So yeah, you rolled out a few things. Uh, Again, we want you to be a part of the conversation tonight, but we also don't want to have you miss out on the opportunity to share what's going on can i just like hit the titles of them and you tell us just a little bit about them that would probably be a really cool way to do this so um i saw that you rolled out team play which nick if you haven't heard that's like you can do doubles and maybe more than doubles and i'll let him mention that and then league scoring so now people i've thought I'm sure everybody's thought of everything for years, but you did it. But the point is, like, I've thought about that, and you guys responded to it. Excellent league scoring, so now you don't have to have score cards in uh physical sense. And then um, desktop, or I don't know how you're announcing it, but web browser map locations, like, for courses. Uh, but it's, like, I believe it's through your desktop. So, like, maybe just hit on those uh, hit on those uh, new options, I guess, is what you'd call them for UDIS.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. So team play, um, essentially you can now score doubles or triples or three versus one or 3v3v3, whatever you want to do. Um, so you can essentially group players together and have them on a team and then score you know, one team at a time. This is by far the most requested thing that we've had over the last eight years of Udisc existing. Yeah. We've had literally thousands of requests for this, and it's just something we didn't quite have time to get to. So now if you're going to go out and play doubles with your friends or if maybe you have some beginners with you and you want to pair up a beginner with a more advanced player versus, you know, the best player or something like that. Um, You can keep score. And the big benefit to this is that um, in the past you could sort of do it, but it would impact your personal stats. Mm -hmm. And so we would get people complaining like, that guy didn't shoot minus 18 on this course. And then it turned out that it was somebody playing doubles. And so now um, if you do play doubles, or we call it teams because it's not just doubles, um, then it won't go on the leaderboards and it won't impact your personal stats. Um, And it just, you know, it allows you to actually keep score without negatively you know skewing your stats in a certain direction nice Um, so that's that's essentially teams if you update to the latest version when you're finishing creating a scorecard there's a choice of singles or teams and if you choose teams then you can drag the players around and choose how many people you want on each team
2: nice that's awesome yeah i have a lot of um, more casual buddies who are getting really getting into the sport right now so we've been going out playing all the time but one of the things that we do is you know if I'm the odd man out. I'll usually play by myself versus two double teams or there'll be eight of us and we want to score doubles instead of writing, you know, Nick, Matt, Matt, Seth. Now we actually have the option to make doubles teams. And yeah, that's super awesome.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. One quick question on that. Is it going to track though, like a history of your double scores and like who you played with, or is that just going to kind of erase it out for you? Like, what's that going to look like?
3: So that's a good question. We haven't actually done anything to show stats for specific pairings, but it's something that we can easily add and we probably will. Um, It's just a matter of doing it. We wanted to get the scoring out first because it's, it's something that, like I said, it's the most requested thing that we've ever had. And we, we've been wanting to do it for a long time.
0: (laughs)
2: That makes sense. Uh,
0: Yeah, Man, this is not the interview show, but I do want to ask like, how are you prioritizing what, um, and I know we on Smashbox, you mentioned it's not a feature, but how are you prioritizing what projects you work on? Is it purely based off of response from the community, or is it based off of your hopes and dreams for the app?
3: Um, you know, historically, it's been purely based off what people are asking us for, and we kind of keep a tally of how many times people are asking for things, which is a good way to gauge what people want. Um, so our customer support team essentially will, look at what people are requesting and we'll just kind of put tallies next to it. And then we'll prioritize it based on that. And then what other objectives we have. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we're kind of known for being like, we keep score, like we're good at keeping score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we always have to put some more emphasis on that versus like people ask for all sorts of things. Um, and some of them are good ideas, but it's like, yeah, we, we could do that but it's it's better for us to really just you know have our core product be really really good and really flexible and some of the biggest things we, that we've been missing are you know doubles and teams yeah. um, and then other things like match player skins and, and those things are coming we just need to do a little bit at a time because it's we can't do everything at the same time
2: and that, that, that's got me kind of curious what if you can say this what is one of the most like bizarre requests you've gotten <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think I've talked about this someplace before, but people have asked for like a disc golf dating app. And uh, I don't think that would go quite how you want Just for to go. our viewers,
2: I was the anonymous guy who asked, can we get a disc golf dating app? That was me. So Nick, Nick's like, hey, did you get any weird requests
0: lately? <laughs> so so yeah. that was that was team play. League scoring is exactly what it sounds like, right? It's, is yeah, there anything you want to touch so on that?
3: It's. I mean, I don't need to say too much about it. It's essentially, so if you're familiar with UDISC Live, uh, we've essentially built a way to kind of have a leaderboard like the UDISC Live type of situation for a local league. Um, and right now it's, it's uh, you can apply if you'd like to join. It's udis.com slash league. You can submit an application if you're somebody that runs a league. And we're approving more every day. We're not letting everybody in at the same time because we want to make sure that we can um, kind of manage all of it. Appropriately, because it takes, as you can imagine, when you're running a live event, if there's a problem, like somebody has to be there to help you, um, and especially when there's more people learning it for the first time, we just need to make sure that everybody is having a good experience. So we're letting in a few people at a time, and today actually we just let in a whole bunch more, uh, and so over the next few weeks we should ramp up to a few hundred leagues, I would wow. think. Um, so so we're, we're working on that.
0: <laughs> you're your buddy you give him a shout out josh right your partner over at udisc he just he just commented with the uh apply to run your leagues uh url so shout out to him um thanks Jeff. yeah and then uh we see a lot of other people commenting again if you're listening to this podcast later west <laughs> yeah shout out to wes over at uh underground discraft underground um But yeah, if you're listening to this later on the podcast, always feel free to join us live if you want to have fun with the conversation and let us know what you're thinking. We've got people all over right now joining in to say hi. Um, So and then finally, desktop, is that what are you calling that? I I called it the desktop or web browser or what are you calling that where you can check out courses now um, in a different way?
3: So what we've done is we've finally built a website for you to be able to access the course directory that's in Udisk. So traditionally, you could only view courses in the app and that's great, but sometimes you're on a computer and you want a bigger screen or you want to be able to, you know, plan a road trip or something and and it's just a little bit easier to do when you're on a computer. So we built a totally custom experience uh, that is, you can make it full screen and have a really huge map of the whole world and see like all the courses within, you know, five states or something on one map um and and it clusters when using so you can see like the whole world uh you can search and you can look at course conditions and reviews and ratings uh and actually the leaderboards from the app are accessible now on the web so really what it is is it's just a way to view all the all the rich course information that we have and you just the course photos are even there Um, and you can do some searching and things like that so that you can easily find, you know, courses that are in your area and sort them by rating, or if you're planning to go to a different city, you can search for that city. It'll show you all the courses there and then you can sort them by rating and choose where you want to play. Um, it's just, it's kind of a natural evolution of the, of the whole thing. So we've got over 10,000 courses in the directory and now it's all available on any device with a web browser. You don't have to be using the app. Yeah.
0: Like. This is incredible, the day and age we live in. Obviously, you had to do the work to put this together. And so, when I say this, there's no slight to that at all. But the crowdsourcing how amazing is it to work in a generation where you can like procure all of this information and it just builds and you've created a way for them to do that. And now you have all of this. You go, hey, I want to build this platform online where we can see it all and have pictures and ratings and filter. Like, it's really it's amazing. amazing, right?
3: Well, and to your point, I mean, crowdsourcing—that's really how UDISC became what it is from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So I, I seated, I got this guy Derek Tan, who is a very prolific course director. Sorry, course collector. Um, he gave me all the Minnesota courses that he had um, curated himself, and so I put those in. And then I was able to personally curate a few other states around me. Um, but then after that, we opened it up for crowdsourcing. And that's how the directory became what it is, just people contributing and telling us about courses. Nice. Um, yeah. And it, it's pretty cool to see what it's grown into from the early days. Of We actually just put an article on our blog the other day. Um, so Alan Risley, AJ Risley's dad, he's the guy that made the first course directory for the PDGA. He made like a printed course directory that he typed on a Commodore 64 and sold them for five bucks at a tournament. Um, that was the first course directory. I think it was in the early 80s. Um, and it's just really cool to see like that was also crowdsourced. You know people were actually yeah. mailing him in the mail, like, here's a course. Like here's where the course is, here's how to get there. Here's what kind of baskets. And
2: it so it's
3: kind that. of right exactly. Yeah. and before we get before we finish this topic, I just I need to give a a huge shout out to uh, Luke Hausrath and Tyler Massey. Uh, they are the other two full-time employees at Udisk. Um, Tyler is the one that built the entirety of the online course directory and Luke built most of the league stuff that, that we're just launching. Um, and those guys have been really just killing it. They're awesome. And we have been loving having them as additions to our team. Nice. So it's not just me and Josh anymore. There's four of us.
2: <laughs> nice. So you said this started up about eight years ago. Is that what you said? Like just yep. you, disc and uh, normal. March, so
3: March so, of 2012.
2: Yep. Nice. So eight years ago, you pretty much, you thought of this idea that, Potentially other people were thinking about, but you actually acted on it. You came up with this idea. You came up with probably the best disc golf app that anyone could have asked for, especially when it comes to live scoring, when it comes just scoring with your casual buddies, the stats that go along with it. Like Matt, we always call him Statgram. You know, he he's a fan of stats. He loves that kind of stuff. And so you came out with this app, you know, eight years ago, and now you're the live scorer for PDGA major events. Like, did you see this vision? kind of like when you started it or is it more you just want to help out the community a little bit and where it goes it goes
3: all of this has been about helping disc golfers play more disc golf because i am a disc golfer myself as you can imagine and it was frustrating to find courses and that's really the you know the genesis of the whole thing it was just frustrating with a smartphone to find courses when you were on the go and everything that's come after that has really just been like what can we do to serve the disc golf community Um, when the whole live scoring thing started, that was Steve Dodge was starting the Disc Golf Pro Tour and he reached out and said, Hey, we want really good live scoring. Can you guys build something for us? And it was something that was already like on our bucket list that we really wanted to do someday. Like we really wanted to build like a really nice modern live scoring platform. And the, the Disc Golf Pro Tour starting gave us that extra kick, um, to do it in like a very short, we didn't have much time. We had like four or five or six months maybe to build it and we that was the first website we'd ever built yeah um so it was it was very a uh, big big tall order so can
0: i tell two two quick stories one is when i first met you it was at maple hill shout out to maple hill that's our local course here to to nick and matt mm-hmm. um i i should have wore it tonight i think i have the first ever like live like score like u-disc the shirt. black one yes it's the black yeah. one. It's a little small for me, but it shows off my non-muscles. <laughs> but like I do have that. And I, I'm always like, should I frame this or should I wear this proudly? So I do have that. And then um, I'm trying to think here. Could you answer this question? And then I think we're ready to move on to some other topics. But do you think that you disc, just from your perspective, did you get lucky as in right time, right place? like with your talents, your abilities, or do you think that if we were here and you didn't do anything that we would still be here without something? You know what I mean? Like, were there other people that would have filled in the gap if you didn't? Like, I know that's kind of just purely like hypothetical rhetorical, but like, what is your thought on that?
3: Well, so let's be clear, like the idea of Udisc, it's not a novel idea. It's not like some you know crazy thing that was hard to think of. You know, There, there are a million people that were like, oh, there should be a good app for disc golf. Um, it's really just about putting in the time and it, it's hard to really quantify. I, I know I've said this other places before, but like the amount of time it takes to build something like Udisc is really, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's not just something you do in your free time. Um, and if you do it in your free time, it's 40 hours a week of free time. It's not, yeah. and that's, you know, the it's, beginning. Now it's 80 hours a week. Yeah. It's it's like 100% of your efforts have to go towards something to make it, you know, to the point that it is. And now there's four of us doing this like 60 or 70 or 80 hours a week. Um, so it, yes, somebody else probably would have done something eventually. Some of it was right place, right time. I just happened to graduate college in uh, 2008 and then I had, four years of working, you know, for a company and wanted to do something for myself. And like, just everything came together at the right time. Technology came around, smartphones got better, became easier to build apps. Um, All the things just kind of fell in the right place.
0: And Steve Dodge asked the question or the prompt as just as you can see the Disc Golf Pro tours going. I mean, that's Steve Dodge too. So like, I can remember, because I'm local to Maple Hill, where Steve's house is and all that stuff. I remember him going, Hey, Matt, do you, do you know of any apps that, like, I could track stats with? And I'm like, because as Nick said, like, I've gotten the nickname before for being StatGram. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so just because I like talking numbers and details, and so I really appreciate your app. And I said, well, I found this, like, golf app where I can track each shot that I throw. Was it on the fairway, off the fairway? And it was like a golf app, very rudimentary. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Maybe, like, we'll check it out. And next thing I know, he's, like, flying you guys in or whatever to the the Vibram at that time. And there we
3: are. Oh, so he did not fly us in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you pedaled your bikes there. No. <laughs> so-, yep. so, okay, awesome. Well, Nick, I that's think we awesome, ready- I didn't know that story. Yeah, it's – and I'm not trying to say that that was me. I'm saying I can remember prior to – I can remember the prior to disk. Not everybody can say that. Nick? Oh, for sure. Do you remember prior to disk?
2: No, because it was 2012, and I'd started playing legitimately in, like, 2013. So
0: Yeah, so I guess that's all I'm trying to say is I can remember that there was a need. And I remember Steve asking me that question, and I was like, like I'm not at all an app developer programmer or anything. So like I have no ability, but I was like, yeah, there's an app I'm using. (laughs) So
3: that's awesome. Well, thanks. If you helped him uh, find us, that's pretty cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was surprised when he did. I was like, wow, there's someone out there who's going to develop this. That's pretty cool. So that's really neat. So Nick, I think we're ready to move on to the next topic. What do you know that's relevant to the news world today or even of last week? Give us an update.
2: World championships are pushed back. Spoiler alert. I'm sure everyone in the disc golf world has seen by now, but Worlds have been pushed back to 2021, so all majors this year, except for potentially U.S. DGC, are now pushed back. No European Open, no Worlds, um, no U.S. Women's DGC, but there's a potential for the U.S. Women's National Championship. Is that, I think that's what it's called?
0: Yeah, so the potential, it's been announced, the Women's National Disc Golf Championship. Now, interestingly enough, did you see after Worlds was announced, canceled, because it was that crunch time Mm -hmm. June 1st, did you see anybody, uh, Paige Pierce made a post, and I don't know if others did, but that's one that I saw, and she was, I'm just going to summarize, I don't need to put words in her mouth, but she more or less said, like, can't we push this back, like, let's have it, I don't know if she said let's have it in December, but that was the feeling I got, it was like, let's just push Worlds back, like, By then, maybe everyone can travel and we can do a world championship. Mm -hmm. The PDGA website, after I read it, said ultimately, and it wasn't in response to Paige, but they had obviously done their due diligence. And it pretty much said, like, worlds takes, like, you can't just pull off worlds in two or three months and do it right. And so even to push it back, like that's going to be an issue. Um, And I can kind of say that firsthand. We're not running Worlds, but like at Kids Disc Golf, we run the U.S. National for juniors, and we plan that from the day after last year to the next year. It's a full-year event. So, um, But, yeah, it's all the Worlds are pushed back, including no majors at all. So, well, that's not true. There was going to be no major for women if that was the case. For
2: women, yep. (laughs) United States Disc Golf Championship is still, at the moment, potentially a go
0: so yeah so yeah right and i saw that too when i was reading USDGC. okay they keep alluding to they don't want to say like for sure and i understand that nobody can but like that event is supposed to happen and so what we saw and this is what i brought a page we saw women commenting on there asking saying like can't we have the women's national or
2: u.s women's like potentially open up a woman's Female pro open field for the USCGC, which I thought was a great idea. Obviously, there's a ton of time and planning that goes into that, but I mean, right now it's June and that event's not till October. If that's something where, if the USCGC is planning to go on, then they should go on with before the Women's National was announced, but they should go on with the thought of let's add the FPO side to this. And that seems like the direction that it's going right now. I kind of briefly, as I was at work today, Briefly, just right up on the Women's Nationals held at Winthrop alongside the USCGC. Um, I think the last time that it was was 1999 and 2000. So it's been just about two decades before that event's been held. And I think that's pretty exciting. Like, I enjoy watching the USCGC coverage. I'm going to be enjoying watching the women try to attack that field and just curious on how they go out and play it.
0: Have And I'm bringing up UDIS again, but you maybe you have some insight into that, but like, have you been reached out to for like, Hey, if we add the women's field, will you be able to do that? Or is that just like a non-conversation and they just expect that you can?
3: Um, I think it's closer to the second thing you said. So essentially, um, we're scoring all the PDJ majors. Uh, so we haven't officially talked to them yet today. I probably should have done that before this podcast, but (laughs) I think it's just assumed that, uh, we will be scoring that.
2: Nice.
0: Yeah. So cool. Um, so how long have you been playing disc golf, Matt?
3: See, I started really seriously playing in about 2006, so 14 years now. Um, I did play in 1998 when I was 12. I played a couple, I played like four rounds because a course opened half a mile from my house and somebody told me about it. And I played a few times and then didn't play again until I was in college. But okay, it's been a so while. you
0: and I, so we have the same names. And I don't know, do you like stats or is that just something that's getting applied to you because you do disk?
3: I mean, stats are fun. I definitely <laughs> yeah. think they're fun. Uh, I like math. I wouldn't say that like I'm that great at stats, honestly. Okay. Um, Josh is definitely the the stats genius.
4: Nice. Um,
3: but yes, I do so, very much enjoy looking at my stats and like <laughs> using them to improve and things like that.
0: Nice. We we just I'm just finding what we have in common. You work with your business partner and I, named Josh, and I work with my business partner at Kids Disc Golf named Josh. I mean, it, it, how many kids? Do you, how so, many kids do you have? Just one. Okay. well, I've got four. So if anything's to tell you anything,
2: (laughs) I feel like I'm feeling I'm being pushed out of my show. I mean, maybe it's going to be the Matt and Matt show next week. Who knows? Oh, it's fine. (laughs) Okay. so
0: I just before we move on from the Women's National um, Championship, I just feel like and maybe I'm stirring the pot for no reason, but I feel like USDGC has been very tight with their event always. There's always been this cry like, hey, maybe we can have like a women's field or a, or like a play-in field or like an AM division. They're always like, more or less the way I see it is they're like, no, like we're just going to make this. It's one division, one championship. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you think that played into not calling it USWDGC because there was concern that it would appear that they created another division for the event? And so instead they're like, we'll call it women's national championship you know what I mean so like and they I I get there's the history there so like they're like hey it's historical like let's change it back to that name and also one other point and I'm gonna let you comment Nick on this is like Kristen Tatar would be the defending champion and she may not be able to make it and so like it's not really it's it's not a matter of fairness I suppose but like that's part of it I'm sure too.
2: I think that, yeah, I mean, the whole name change with it. I don't know if it's necessarily they don't want it to come off like they're the ones who started this up, but I don't know. It's kind of weird. Hopefully, Kristen will be able to, and all the Europeans, the Estonians, everyone will be able to um, come overseas and play this event. Obviously, I'm sure if it was the U.S. Women's DGC, Kristen would love to come and defend her title. But I think at the same time, that's like every single tournament. You know, some people don't go back to the same tournaments every single year. Obviously, being a major, though, you want to get the highest caliber of players to it. So I think if travel bans lift and everything like that, you'll see a lot of players from over the pond coming back and checking it out.
0: Yeah, so U.S. Women's is supposedly going to have a major if that happens. I mean, they announced it. That's their plan. They're going to shoot for that. So.
3: I think it was confirmed that it's a major. I I read that somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. The PDGA
0: obviously has a vested interest in some way to pull off any event that they can. I mean, if it makes sense to do it, meaning with the guidelines or state regulations, like I believe the PDGA, it's in their best interest to run as many events, big ones as they can. So if they're able to pull this off, it's obviously, I think it's going to behoove them. It's going to be good. So.
2: I'm just uh, looking through the comments really quick, just people commenting live, and uh, this is someone that I know, Nick Goodman, asked, question for you, Matt, um, will there be a U-Disc update where the putting slash accuracy practice can be an actual game? It would be sweet to play against others for rankings. So pretty much I'm what I'm getting out of that is, is there going to be a game involved in U-Disc when it comes to putting? Kind of like the perfect putt 360, I guess, that's generally what I'm taking yeah.
3: from that. I guess I didn't mention before, but, uh, when COVID-19 kind of took over the world, we pivoted from what we were were originally working on and we decided to build some tools that were good for social distancing since people were putting at home Mm -hmm. and, you know, not able to go to the course. So we actually did add a putting practice mode and an accuracy practice mode into the app. So that already exists. Mm -hmm. I think what he's asking is, is there a way to like, you know, compete directly against a friend, um, to see who's the better putter. And we haven't really, um, thought through like what we're going to do more with that, but there already exist leaderboards for the putting practice and the accuracy practice. So if you go to the more tab and click leaderboards, um, you should be able to look at leaderboards for putting and accuracy. And then there should be a filter to filter it with friends only. So you could theoretically right now have all your buddies go and do putting and then see a leaderboard of who's the best for that day for that week or that month. Cool. So it sort of exists. Yeah. um, I
2: didn't even know that. That's awesome that that even exists in general. So Nick, that hopefully answered your question. And uh, he said the accuracy game, accuracy game has been a great has been great too. So
3: awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's, it was quite fun to build that. It was kind of I think Josh just kind of was like, yeah, we should have an accuracy after we did the putting thing. Putting was kind of an obvious like yeah. everybody's putting right. Everyone, now. Let's yeah, make a way exactly. Back you know, how people putting in the judges, we should have accuracy too. And it was like, okay, that's great. How are we going to do this? And I'm, essentially cu- I'm curious is- how good
2: stats are going to be with circle one and circle two putting after the COVID-19, when we can get back to the pro yeah. tour and everything like that. I'm I'm very curious. I've never been like too into stats and everything. Obviously I want to know what I need to work on after a tournament, but I'm pretty excited to see how the top 10 players are going to come out of COVID-19. So.
3: Yeah, that's maybe one other thing to mention before uh, we get too far away is that UDisc Live is back this weekend uh, on Saturday with the Minnesota Majestic. Sweet. Um, and of so James Conrad, Kevin Jones, Paul Uleberry, uh Who we just had there? the sickest Katrina trick Allen. shot
2: video, by the way. Yeah. Did you yeah, <laughs> see awesome. that? Yeah. Did you see that? I, I meant to text goal, you about yeah. it. I wish we could have gotten actually okay. a video in this. But well, everyone, go check out Ulibarri's trick shot video that he did. It's insane. I don't want to spoil it, but – it's fire
0: we can describe it for our listeners though because even if we pulled it up if you haven't seen it here's what he does right he throws it through two field goals so that is i don't know the exact distance but that's what 350 yeah is it it's somewhere in there right it's 100 or what would it be 150 yards do you know do you know
3: What is it? 120 yards. 120, 120 yards.
2: Yeah, because I think each each end zone's 10 yards. So yeah, it should be like 120. So this is a
0: disc golf show, everybody. We don't play football (laughs) or. I'm a very skinny guy. I was
2: never really into football.
0: (laughs) But here's what he did. He threw it from behind one field goal. So picture that the length of the field, and it went through the other field goal. First of all, try that alone. That's impressive. Then he did that, not only like that distance, but accurate enough that it went into a basketball goal on the backside of the far field goal post, And it went in, I don't know how many tries he did, but regardless, you'd have to try. try. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You you would have to, I was, I thought he had insider information. Um, You would have to try a long time to make that happen regardless, or just be really good. So maybe that's what it was. So what we're going to do, um, actually, you know what I have? I want to move on, but I'm StatGram, and I want to ask one more thing. I was at Maple Hill, and you're going to hear Maple Hill come up all the time, people. That's yeah. our local course. But I was at Maple Hill, and I was throwing a hole, and I said, man, I wonder how hard this hole actually plays. Is there a way for you, not that you guys do it or you curate it, but like, could you look at Maple Hill, hole four, everybody that's played it, let's see what the average is, like everybody?
3: Yeah, we could do that. Uh, the problem is that we don't necessarily know how good no. each individual player is. So there might be a bunch of beginners out there but, that are getting twelves yeah. on the hole or something. But yeah. if you look
2: yes. at stats No one should twelve
0: hole. But if
3: you <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> if you yeah, well, Nick Nick Carl, I, I, I twelve hole for That's, yeah. That's a little oh, short geez. down. Hole,
5: right? But
0: yeah. but no, where I'm going with this, and then we're literally gonna move on. Where I'm going with this is though with stats, you should be able to look at and get like a median at least. Like the outliers knock them off both ways. Like all the aces and all the 12s. But, like, that's interesting. Okay, cool. So, let's move on. Uh, We're gonna play a game called Judge That Disc Golfer. Okay, so we're doing it um, earlier in the game here. I mean, earlier in the show. And I don't know if I'm gonna cut this part out for our podcast listeners and move it to the end. I'm not sure. But here it is, earlier on in the show. It's called Judge That Disc Golfer. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pull it up here as a video, and then I'll explain the rules to you as we go. So, here we go. Judge That Disc Golfer, the game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. Hey, man. What's your name? Quinn. All right, Quinn. So you're on the Nick and Matt Show. We've got my co-host here, Nick, listening. And this week we have on Matt Kruger, the, one of the owners, or, or I'm probably listing him wrong there, but the inventor and programmer behind Disk. So he's on here today. They're going to play this game called Judge That Disc Golfer. All right. All right. And so we're going to ask you some questions. We're going to see if they can figure it out, okay? So... First question is just in general, how long have you been playing disc golf?
5: Um, I played like five years ago and then kind of stopped for a couple of years and just picked it back up like four months ago.
0: Okay, so you've been playing again recently for about the past four months. Three months. Three, three months. months. Not February. Three months. So is this in relation to COVID nineteen? Hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. 100%. Awesome. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Can I ask? Do you have a uh, PDGA
5: rating? PDJ rating. I. Do not have a PDJ
0: rating. Okay. So I was just trying to give them a little bit of insight into who you are and how they might guess. Okay. So here we go. Question. OK, hold on a second. Before we get to that first question, I just realized, Nick, this is totally not fair going up against Matt. He said it takes him five seconds to figure out stats on a player. So I'm if,
3: not going to do it. Don't
0: worry. <laughs> if Quinn. That's awesome. Gonna, yeah. So like how far he throws, like you can be like, hey, he used our distance app and here's what he <laughs> no, That's incredible. That's actually so funny. OK, so I'm just joking. I just thought that was really cool. So, all right, here we go. Back to the first question and then we'll uh, pull you guys back up number one for the game. How far can you throw a disc? How far can I throw a disc? I would say... Okay, so we asked him, how far can he throw a disc? Based off of all you've seen in that first 30-second intro, we're going to start with Nick. Uh, you understand the rules more or less. The way I'll explain it to you, Matt, is the closest is the winner. Because un- unless you hit it on the head, you obviously win. But the closest... And, so it's, and
3: not, it's not Price is Right rules?
0: Not
2: Price nope. is Right rules.
0: Nope.
3: Okay.
2: Or else we'd all be doing very bad in this game show. <laughs> <laughs> One okay.
0: So, Quinn said, "We said, how far did you throw?" So Nick, what is he going to say based off of what you know about here? And I can actually pull it up so you can you can still see him there. So <laughs> yeah. we're judging him right now. Yeah. We're judging I him hard. I feel how so far... bad saying it like that. <laughs> yeah. We're not judging. How you. far do you think he can throw a disc? I'm going to say 300 feet. 300 feet yeah. is what he is going to answer. Okay, so 300 feet. Now, the only thing we ask, Matt, and we're not going to tell you what to do, but we ask that you don't do like 301, like Price is Right style. <laughs> we ask that, yeah. I mean, yeah. if that's really what you were going to say, then say it. But okay, what's your answer, Matt? What do you think he's going to say?
3: My gut feel is 350.
0: Okay, so that's pretty close to what we've been guessing for most players. because He's been checking the stats. <laughs> <laughs> he's been checking the stats. Okay, here we go. I'm going to pull it up. Let's see what he answers.
5: If my distance
2: driver, I could throw
5: about
3: 150. Okay, 100. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're well, hey, he laughing. So
2: every single week, we've kind of like, we've gone over just about every single week with how far these players can throw. But, oh my gosh, they're the most honest people that I've ever watched. Because yes. like the first week, people were like, oh, I can throw like 225 or like 275 when normally... I go out and talk to people. And they're like, yeah, dude, I throw three sixties, 585 feet. Check it out. It was awesome. Well, I'm like,
3: it's right. a, It's a really interesting social experiment. It is. Because my mind, I was going straight to the whole internet distance thing, and I was thinking yes. he was going to say like 400 or 450 or yeah. something, but yes. he actually was super honest because you were in person. It's, yeah,
0: <laughs> I It's incredible. This is a great topic because we've experienced this three weeks in a row now. Yeah where we're all guessing like this is what he's going to say and they're very honest so we found also that people are basing it off of the length of a hole like that's how they're determining because i've asked mm-hmm. them i said how do you know mm-hmm. um all right so let's let's continue on here um we're going to ask him question number, oh by the way that point goes to nick okay so here we go question yeah, number bad, but- two and yes all right awesome um what is your favorite hole you just played maple hill can i ask what layout you played we played we did red white blues okay so old glory yep we did okay so what is your favorite hole that you played today
5: my favorite hole Ooh.
2: okay so this is where i have the advantage I don't well, know how much you know I mean, Maple Hill.
3: I've played Maple Hill like four times. I've been yeah. there. I've only been there like two separate trips, but yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So you, the uh the the old glory layout, the red, white, and blue. So you start on hole one, red, two, white, three, blue, and you do that yeah. repeating throughout the I whole. I actually course.
3: played League one time where we did Old Glory.
2: Nice. I, I love the Old Glory layout. I actually think it's wicked fun. It's got a ton of deuce opportunities, and then there's a couple holes that are longer. Um, it's a really, really fun one. If you guys are ever there, try out Old Glory layout.
0: Okay, so cool. I, I don't want to forget our live viewers right now, too. They're all responding. A lot of whole eights are coming in, some whole ones. If you're watching live, would you just give a comment here? We're going to let Matt guess first. Now, we don't expect you to yeah. get like red, white, or blue or gold correct, just the whole numbers. And again, closest to the whole, not based off vicinity. We've had that argument before. It's actually closest to the number. Okay, so what are you going to guess, Matt?
3: Well, so I might need a little help because I did yep. play Old Glory once, and I remember, so you know the hole that um, Paul Macbeth threw in, like the big downhill? Yes, he that's threw in 13 two,
0: downhill, 13.
3: That's what I thought. So, but on Old Glory, it's still 13? Yep. I know it's a different pin yeah. position. That's yeah, the one I was going to pick because I remember that was the most fun one in my mind. Yeah. But I'm a lot, so maybe I have a different view of everything. This right, hole 8, white, <laughs> 9. No, blue, no, six, that's ten, actually right.
0: not the same hole. No. It's the same t pad location in a way. It's at the top of the hill, but it plays yeah, to a shorter basket. It's, yeah. it's a shorter basket off to the right, not down in the hole, not down in yeah. the pipe. So, do you want to stick so with? Do you, you want to stick with that hole? So that would actually be eleven red.
3: Yeah, let's see that. Okay, eleven
2: red. All right. Um, I think I've said this two weeks in a row now, or maybe I said it last week. But I think in the Old Glory hole eight goes over the water for the white position which is a super awesome hole. I think it's a little less than 300 feet to get across. So I'm going to go with hole eight whites. Okay. So let's see here. Oh, never mind. He only throws 150 feet. He's honest. <laughs> Hold on. <man. laughs> okay. All right. You know, I'll, okay. I, I said nope. my answer. No, nope. I said my answer. Go ahead. Uh, all
0: right. Here we go. Let's let's continue on here and see what he says. So it's the one kind of right by the water. I think it's 11.
5: It's like oh. right by the stone wall and then the fields to the right. I think that's 11. It's right before you go across the lake. That might be 10. Okay, so downhill?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay. Awesome. Yeah, that. Okay, so. You you, whether or not he knows what hole he's talking about, that's yeah. the funny part. But whether or not he's at eleven, and so that point goes to Matt. Yeah. So awesome job yeah. there, yeah. yeah. Not Can even local
3: points from Nick for being off by five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, we'll have to consider this
0: for future games. Maybe you get bonus <laughs> points for getting no for getting it exactly right. Uh, I think that's the first. That's the first time that someone's got it exactly right. That's that's U disk for you. Okay, so let's go. continue on. Um, let me see here. I'm going to pull it up full screen so people can enjoy it better. So question number three, here we go. This is a good one. Who is your favorite pro disc golfer? Oh man. Um, okay. So who is your favorite pro disc golfer? Um, does UDisc have a profile option? You think I would know that as a player, like where I can create like a profile, like here's my favorite disc and players, or is it just like discs?
3: No, there's nothing to okay. like. Say who you like. Yes, not yet.
0: Okay, we're just making sure. You said you wouldn't <laughs> cheat. No. <laughs> okay, so um, my hands are up in the air. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just messing around. Um, so is it uh, Nick I think first? It's,
2: yeah, I think it's my guess. Okay, so
0: one. Nick's guessing who is he going to answer as his favorite
2: pro disc golfer? It's so hard because every week I just want to say Simon because he's so lovable, especially up here in New England. Um, but. I'm going to go with something different this week. We're going to say he looks like a Drew Gibson fan. Drew Gibson.
0: He's Now you're just drawing games yeah, out of a yeah, hat. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Drew Gibson. All right, so uh, Matt, what, what are you thinking? Um,
3: <clears throat> well, so uh, this game is called Judge That Disc yes. Golfer, and judging on his body language and the fact that he didn't quite say pdga or understand what that was i'm gonna guess that he says he doesn't know any pro disc golfers
0: that is old strategy yeah did this happen what week did what episode is that we're only in episode three was that the second week it was with hannah right yeah okay so no uh no professional or no favorite pro and nick said drew gibson so let's go ahead and see what he answers here
5: I don't know, any
0: by name. All right. Okay. Shamefully so. <laughs> no, it's not shameful. We're glad you are able to share that. I was waiting for this to happen, and I'm sure, or I hope we just stumped you, Nick. I hope <laughs> yeah. Matt Kruger just got a point on you.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: So somehow that. Yeah, wow. this
3: is prescient. holy yeah, cow.
0: Wow. I just, like, read the future. I said, I hope this is what yeah. happened. So that's two points that's two points um for matt yeah. do you have a point now? I, have, I have one okay keep yeah, track of your points i'm running the two show here okay uh here we go two to one matt's in the lead here we go question number <laughs> all right four. um how many discs are in your bag do you carry can i count you can count all right we'll count real quick i'll even show the bag off too nice
2: I was hoping he would show the bag.
0: Okay. So you got a little view of the bag there. Um, How many discs are in his bag? This is again, closest, not without going over. So those of you who are watching live right now, go ahead and submit your answer. How many discs are in this disc golfer's bag? Um, For those of you listening to the podcast, if, if we've provided this to you, it seems more like a traditional type backpack. Okay, so uh, Matt's answering first. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Matt, what do you think? What's he going to answer?
3: So I'm a very analytical person, and I think based on the size of that bag and the fact that he didn't know the number, it's probably like seven.
2: I literally was going to say seven.
3: This happens <laughs> yeah. every, this, this happens every like, week,
2: Nick. Whatever just, you are going to say, just, somebody's going to yeah. say. Hannah did the same thing. I think two Simon. different answers. Yeah, and Simon as well. Every week. Um, Actually... A lot of the people commenting right now are going double digits. So I'm going to go with one of theirs. I'm going to say 11. Okay. 11 discs.
0: So seven is seven,
2: Se I like seven better, to be honest. But <laughs> since you chose <laughs> it, I'm just going to go. Okay. Go so
0: here we go. Let's see what he answers. Okay, so he's got an answer, and you you now have an idea, unless he's hiding a sleeve of, course, of twenty discs in there somehow. I do. All right, how many discs did you get?
5: I only have eight discs.
0: Ooh. Eight discs was the answer. Okay, moving on. Okay, so eight discs. So that is another point. We need to like pipe in like crowd applause and yeah, whistling and yeah. all that for the future <laughs> shows. But like, oh by the way, I've lost both weeks so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Make it three. Yeah, it's got well, so now you're leading three yeah, to three, one. Three to one. I think there's enough questions left where he can tie it, but we'll see what happens here. Um, the way you can fix that, and I thought about this the previous week at this point, as long as Matt answers the same answer as you every single <laughs> question from here then on he out, w- yeah. he wins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I won't do that. <laughs> no, it's okay. So, but Nick's gonna, right. Yeah, okay. So, here we go. Um, let's go ahead and continue on asking the final, I believe it's two questions. And to our next question. How many aces do you have? Hole in ones? I have. Okay. How many aces does Quinn have in his – he said he started five years ago, but he's only been playing the last three months again. I don't know how long his break was per se, but how many aces – this goes to Nick. So, Nick, um, what do you think? How many aces does Quinn have? Two. That was really quick. Two.
2: He's got two. I know it. I got faith in Quinn.
0: Okay, so what is the live board answering here? We're going to let them answer. It's probably about like a 10-second delay. But um, Matt, what do you think – you haven't been wrong. Oh, no, he was, he was off once. He was off on okay. the first one, yeah. The first one I was We were totally both wrong.
2: way off. Oh, that's right. Yeah. On the one, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, what do you think he's going to answer for aces? Um,
3: what do you think? I mean I don't want to be a jerk, but I'm going to go with zero.
2: Don't last, last uh, like two weeks. People have had zero aces. So
3: it's his, probably either zero or some surprisingly high yeah. number. I'm just hoping that he counts we'll pyramids
2: pinks. I'm hoping he counts those as aces. I know he's got two of them. I just I, I know it. But it's probably gonna be zero.
0: Once <laughs> again, Matt has access to stat information. Yeah. Now I didn't ask him if he used U Disc, and I wished I had afterwards, but we didn't. So here we go. Let's see. Well, I don't um, really
3: know who he is, so I can't look it up anyway. <laughs> yeah. We just have first names. We know first Quinn. name.
0: Okay. Quinn. Here we go. Um Let's see what he says.
5: Zero, but I do have (laughs) two where I hit the post. Didn't hit the basket, though. Doesn't count, but that's my only claim to fame right now.
2: All
0: right. Okay, so zero... Matt is our automatic winner at yeah. this point, but we're gonna. Do- I owe you lunch now, <laughs> Nick. All right, <laughs> Nick is going to owe the whole disc golf world yeah. lunch eventually, so just just hold him to that when you see him. But okay, we're gonna continue on. I'm wishing for the best in these people, and they're let me down. <laughs> oh, this was a great point that Kent on the the chat board said. Unless there's a hole that's less than 150 feet, did you think of that, Nick?
2: Oh, I was thinking of pyramids pinks, okay. the pink course that's okay. there.
0: All right, so. All right. Shout out to Pyramids Pinks yeah. over there at Marshall Street. Okay. We have – I think it's only one more question left. I'll go ahead and pull it up here. I might be wrong. There might be two, but let's let's see here. We're going to pull it up. Here we go. Bam. All right. Um, were you keeping track of your score today? I My buddy was. Okay. So we might need some verification from him. All right. How many birdies – Oh, I know the answer to that one. How many? Oh, <laughs> that's your that's your clue, Nick. That's I just your asked him, I just that's asked your him. clue, Matt. That's a clue for you. He knows how many. So, all right. How many, <laughs> many birdies did you score during this round?
5: I had no. You have to fact
0: check me. You're, You're gonna have to, have to fact, fact check
5: me. Nice.
0: <laughs> Why is this so funny? <laughs> I couldn't get the question <laughs> out. Oh, I know that answer. So, but he said. But to be fair, like. I know the answer, but he he said clearly too. At the same time, he's like, "Hey, I know because I just asked them in there at the pro shop." Yeah. So he had to follow up and ask a question for some reason. So, what do you think, uh, Matt? You answer first here.
3: I'm gonna go with three,
0: three birdies. That's not a bad guess. Yeah. I think. I mean, that's not saying he ended. Three no, down. no, because
2: you play <laughs> you play reds what six times on that layout? Probably six different holes are reds, mm-hmm. and then a couple white ones. I guess would be birdieable. Um let's go with you said 3. I'm going to go 4. Okay. So
0: that's uh he's hoping that it's 4 or more and you're hoping it's 3 or less. So uh, well he, Matt's already our winner. yeah. So, yeah but Matt here we go. Won, let's but... see what he said.
5: <laughs> but I had 0 oh, on that. Oh. I had 0, right? <laughs> yeah, I had 0. No
0: birdies. 0 birdies. Okay. Um I love the honesty. I only got like one or two more. Oh, um, I have more. I I didn't realize this. There was technically the chance for Nick to still catch up, but not anymore. Because I think
2: Dude, I'm <laughs> awful at this there game. was
0: Apparently there was more <laughs> to guess. Okay, so let's keep going here. Let's see what he says um, for these next questions. What is the craziest thing in all of your time playing disc golf? I know you came back recently. What is the craziest thing that you've ever seen happen or that you've ever just seen on the disc golf course? I, like, personally seen? And he asked, like, personally seen, and I follow up with, like, a nod. Okay, I say, like, yes, like, you, what you have you seen? So, Nick, you go ahead and give the answer. So, what have your answers been to date so far, the craziest things people have seen?
2: Uh, I think week number one I said someone saw a black bear. I think week number two, I can't remember. said snakes. Said. <laughs> you did. Did I say snakes? Yeah. So oh, yeah, because the there's always, a, yeah, I'm going to keep the animal thing going. This dude saw a moose. <laughs> At Maple Hill, he <laughs> saw a moose. Uh,
0: this is great. So we got a trend here. So someone's answering. Alligator. I wish we had
2: alligators in Mass. That'd be sick. Kent is
0: saying hitting the pole and almost acing. Um, so there's there's a whole bunch of ideas. The first week, somebody answered like back to back aces was like what they thought, or um, ricochet aces, or like. So Nick says uh, a moose on the course. Uh, Or any course. We'll just say it's any course. Water buffalo. A moose. Okay, (laughs) he's seen a moose while disc golfing. All right, Matt, what do you think?
3: Well, I'm going to use my uh, detective skills and guess that it's somebody getting hit by a disc. Ooh, interesting.
0: So let's see what he says here. Uh, What's the craziest thing he's seen? All right. I
5: have seen people hit holes in ones, and they're absolutely crazy. They just dial that right
0: in. It's an absolute dart. Okay, so a hole in one. All right, awesome. So to him, and this is interesting detective skills too, right? Like to him, like that's a huge deal to see somebody ace, uh, especially having mm-hmm. none and throwing 150 feet. So, okay. So I think it seems like I have one more question. You think I'd remember how many, but here we go. I think it's the final question. Awesome. And I think that's it. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Do you want to give any shout outs to anybody? Um, I'll give a shout out to my
5: Spotify, Camp Sunshine. Uh, but thank you very much for having me on the show.
0: Okay, so that is Judge that, that disc golfer. So we have our third ever winner who is not Nick. Yeah. Named Matt Kruger. So congratulations to him. We're really happy
2: for <laughs> <Yay>. you. <laughs> that dude that dude was super cool, Gwen. Super honest. Yeah. And all these people, I keep thinking they're gonna be like these four hundred fifty foot power throwers. And they're just not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so awesome so i hope you guys enjoyed that we did bump it earlier today we're just trying that out let us know what you think do you like it at the end do you like it here better or what but we're going to get into some serious topics now um such as i think we already alluded to it earlier but if you're on here now we're interested in your feedback we did a poll in a facebook group called disc golf discussions shout out to them it's a great place if you're interested in talking anything disc golf which we are Um, the topic is, have you ever got hit by a disc golf disc? Have you ever seen somebody get hit by a disc golf disc? Have you been hit by a disc golf disc?
2: What made you think of this topic, Matt? Okay. I thought you'd never ask. So here... (laughs) I
0: have a backyard course and when I say backyard course, I mean, I I'm using seven baskets and probably seven tee pads, but I just play there. You couldn't put more than a card, like force them out on there or else you'd be hitting each other. Like it's just mix match all over, but you can play fairly legitimate holes. I mean, maybe the furthest one is 400 feet, but like there's only one or two of those, but like from a tee pad towards my house, throwing in a direction towards my house and it's slightly uphill. Uh, you're going to know where I'm going with this when I say I didn't realize my wife was sitting on the deck reading a book and I threw a full drive shot trying to reach a basket which is parked next to my house and I asked my 10 year old son Hunter I said do you think that's far enough to hit the deck and no answer because it was in flight and next thing you know I see my wife just jump up like whoa (laughs) like surprise and like I'm like, did I just hit the house? And then she's like, you just hit me. (laughs) And she picks up my one-year-old, which was also there, sitting right next to her. I mean, I'm talking like major accident. My heart like kind of sank. And I tell my sons who were playing with me, I said, "Um, I think we're done now. And I went right in, obviously, to make sure and take care of and make sure it was all set and apologize. And her arm to this point actually has kind of broke the skin, like kind of like to where it's kind of like scabbed a little bit and bruised. She bruises easily, but like it's significant. I it was a full, it was a driver. It was a destroyer if I'm being honest. <laughs> so like it's a 200 foot hole guys. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's ask me how far can I throw a disc? Um, internet distance. Okay. So, but so that topic came up and I can think back to one other time for me, this was early, early on when I started playing, my younger sister was out with us. And this was back when it was more like, I don't want to call it mob golf, but we were just out recreationally throwing. And she was in front of me, like getting her disc from a shot. And I threw a shot and I hit her. I think it was in the leg. It might've been in the face. I can't remember. I blocked it out, but like I hit her. Um, and then you already mentioned you might have, maybe not Matt, like, have you ever been hit by a disc or hit anybody or observed it?
3: I've not been hit by somebody that I wasn't playing catch with. (laughs) So, I mean, there's been accidents before where we're playing catch and you're not paying attention and you get hit or something like that. But um, maybe I feel like I have a vague memory of getting hit, like when I first started playing, but I'm not sure if it actually happened. But I have witnessed somebody get hit pretty badly.
5: (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah,
3: I've been there. So that's actually a funny story, but I don't know if we have time for it.
0: Well, if it's about you're saying about getting hit or somebody getting hit.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll make it brief.
0: Yeah, go ahead. This is the topic. This is the time. Share the story for sure.
3: Sure. So I was uh, participating in a bachelor party. It was at Blue Ribbon Pines and we were almost done with the course. And of course, there was some alcohol involved and (laughs) a guy on our card who wasn't very good threw a full on drive like as hard as he could and he just let it go early. Like it wasn't a grip lock, it was the opposite. Like he just let it go really <laughs> early. And he just cranked this guy who was like only a hundred feet away, but way off to the left. He just cranked him in the back of the head oh. and like maybe his neck. And I remember what we did, we like we handed our friend a beer and we said, You run over there and you give this to this guy <laughs> right now. And the guy nice. he was like gonna he was gonna punch him, and he gave him the beer, and then he was happy. nice. <laughs> this is actually gonna play into the topic.
0: Like we're gonna actually ask that question. We're not there yet, but like, what do you do when that happens? Like what happens? And for me, like I said, I was kind of like, I'm done playing disc golf. It kind of ruins disc golf in the moment. Like it just flat yeah, out makes kills, you feel the
2: mojo. yeah, you're yeah. just
0: like this this is horrible. And we're actually gonna listen. um, actually, I should go ahead and uh pull that up for us here. Um, Let's listen to a quick story from somebody here. They're going to share a story. I'm going to pull the audio up, and you guys can listen along. So let's see. Here we go.
6: All right. The story goes like this. Um, So I'm at Veterans Park in Arlington, Texas, uh, home of the Veterans Park Open for umpteen years. I don't know. So I'm teaching my wife how to play. She's pretty competitive and pretty athletic anyway. She used to play kickball so you know can i just stop there for one second did you catch that
0: my wife is pretty competitive and athletic and i'm not making fun of this but i've never heard this before she used to play kickball is that something that you have ever heard like competitive kickball
2: yeah intramurals dude in college no i'm Mm -hmm. just kidding no i've never heard of competitive kickball but i'm sure it is out there
6: okay continuing on oh she she's getting the hang of it first couple of weeks um Run hole seven, I believe, long, hyzer, kind of tight shot through um, some initial first woods. She's in the fairway. Um, Told her, hey, that's the direction for uh, the basket. Uh, Go ahead and here's your stance. I lined her up. I put her arm ready, right hand, back hand. So what I did was I stood behind her to watch um, about 30 feet back and to the right <laughs> she grip locks turns all the way around uh, probably 120 degrees sp- let's go that this smacks me right in the stomach um full speed with a you know 10 speed driver um hurt like hell for quite a while um ended up getting a little bruise from it but nothing too crazy uh, i'm sure if she would have hit hit me in the forehead or the lip or something it would have busted uh, the skin open. But um, other than that, it wasn't too bad, but pretty funny experience.
0: Uh, thanks for sharing. Okay. So that was his story. Nick, can you give us the stats real quick on like what our poll showed before we went into this? It's very relevant.
2: Yeah. So Matt Matt said earlier, he posted on the disc golf discussion group on Facebook, put up a poll. So there was 550 different votes, 499 people said they've either hit someone, seen someone get hit or have been hit themselves ninety one percent of the respondents have been involved with the disc hitting someone, and so yeah,
0: that ninety one that's a little roundup, I think it was like ninety point seven now, Matt, as you would know, collecting data, this is only of the respondents, so this question obviously triggered some emotional response from people when I ask if they've been hit or seen someone, like they want to respond, so that I would assume that would be the majority of the respondents, but it's still surprising if we do this. The group, I think I checked, had 3,000 people in it. To have 500 yeah. respond saying that they've been hit or seen someone hit is significant. It's pretty crazy.
2: I, I was not expecting that much response. And that question.
0: the stories that came up, I mean, if you want to, if you can pull yeah. up that group, just, and I'll continue on with another story. If you see any that stand out to you, maybe you can read off that story, but let's go ahead and continue on with another story here um, before we get into some of the final topics of this discussion. So here comes more um, feedback stories from our listeners. Some years back, I was playing a dare Disc Golf Park in Corvallis, Oregon with uh, some friends. We were just finishing up the 18th hole And uh, we all carpool together, so we're about to head back to the car when one of my friends takes off running, yelling shotgun. Uh, So uh, I told him, oh, I'm going to hit you with the disc. So I throw a disc. I can't remember what disc it is. Uh, He's probably like 200 feet out. And I throw it on just a hyzer line, not thinking I was going to hit him. Uh, It pegs him in the back of the leg, and uh, he kind of does like a faceplant onto the ground. We all ended up laughing at the end because we thought it was hilarious that by some chance he got hit with the disc. Hey. Okay, so this is – I'm just trying to illustrate the different types. You had already shared one, Matt, like bachelor party or whatever it was, guys timeout. And then you had this other guy say like he's teaching somebody. And I saw a lot of respondents about like, hey, I was either teaching a kid or I was teaching my wife or significant other and they do that. And then, like, this guy just shared, like, straight out, like, I told him I was going to peg him <laughs> as he's running for the shotgun to get the front seat, and he did. So there's that type of situation, too. Um, so, Nick, you're continuing to look. I'm going to pull up another story Yeah, here. well,
2: I, I got one really quick. This Okay, kid, what was I, interesting? Yeah, one of the kids, Alex, he just wrote, freak accident, do grip lock the backhand and threw backwards. And then he sent a picture, seven stitches, right? right between the eyes Oh seven stitches yeah a disc
0: to the face i've got an interesting story that actually involved a legal situation that i'm going to share
1: a little bit later here but here's another story my name's graham davis i'm from lynchburg virginia and this is how i unfortunately hit my dog um i have a absolutely great disc dog loves being outside running around doesn't chase discs doesn't pick them up and is usually off the fairways and within eyesight, uh, never bothering our pace of play. I stepped up to a hole that was approximately 500 foot um, open with wood lines on the right side. I was planning to throw a forehand force over roller with a high speed driver. As I released the disc, the driver hit the ground once, was about to hit the ground again, and doesn't my dog come sprinting out of the wood lines after a squirrel? And on the second bounce, just short hops him in the rear hind quarter. At this time, the dog kind of came up limp, was whimpering and uh, sort of hobbling back to me at the tee box. Uh, At this point, I felt horrible. Oh, my God, as a dog owner, let me tell you. So I go to pick him up and comfort him as best as possible. Um, He calms down a little bit, and I go to set him on the ground. And doesn't he see another squirrel? And boom, takes off. As if nothing ever happened, doesn't even remember it, happy dog, and that's how I hit my dog with a forehand force over. I'm sure that hurt, but he's a tough son of a gun.
0: Tough son of a gun. So that's another situation, right? Hitting an animal or a dog, and I unfortunately raised my hand that I have hit a dog, and I can tell you an errant shot hitting a dog is another like heart stopper like it's just like the worst thing can you relate i see people right now commenting live that they've got hit by their kids oh wow somebody got hit by their son if you know uh the junior player wyatt mahoney won multiple world championships apparently apparently he hit his mom in the nose and she passed out um people are sharing live right now and someone said they hit a squirrel they felt so bad.
2: I think I'd feel more bad hitting an animal than I would a person. <laughs> as much as that yeah. sounds awful. But one one guy wrote, Trey uh, commented on the post. He wrote, casual round. I thought everyone had teed off, so I started walking along the right side of the fairway. Buddy he yells he still needs to throw, so I step aside maybe 25 feet from the tee off to the right. He shanks it straight into my rib cage, full power drive. Pretty sure I broke a rib or two. And there are so many times where, like, I'll play – with two of my buddies, we'll be out in a threesome, we'll go. And then the next day we're out in like a five-some or a six-some. You kind of lose track after everyone throws and some people throw multiple, but there are so many times where I'll like start walking when one more person needs to throw. And that story just made me not ever want to walk in the path of one of my buddies throws now.
0: (laughs) So thanks. (laughs) Incredible. So, okay. Do you have any thoughts that are standing out to you yet, Matt? we got a few more stories. Anything standing out you want to share?
3: Well, the dog thing definitely hits home for me. I just remembered uh, right when I got, so I have a dog, he's like nine, he's almost nine years old now. He's only 13 pounds, he's a little guy. But right when I got him, I took him disc golfing with me and my buddy grabbed my disc out of the basket and was throwing it back to me, probably from 100 feet away, and it just pegged my dog right between the eyes and oh. he had a he was bleeding like right above his eye and he was like a three and a half pound puppy or something and it was it was a very bad experience. I totally forgot about oh. that. We used to play I was at so our, mad at my buddy.
2: Yeah, we used to play at a church parking lot. And I actually remember I'm pretty sure one of the teens or younger kids threw a disc and didn't it hit Hunter? And like I don't remember. I'm I'm pretty sure Hunter got Hunter is one of Matt's kids, but I'm pretty sure Hunter got nailed right in the side of the face and had a pretty whopping scar from that. But oh, I'm man. sure Hunter's been hit. <laughs> I'm sure you've been hit multiple times my by sons, your kids. I yeah. teach them
0: etiquette but you have to understand when you have, I have four sons under the age 10, but three of them are running around on our backyard course and I'm teaching them. <laughs> all right, here we go. I think there's one or two more stories and then we can just kind of hit on some topics to see what we think about some of these uh, etiquette questions. So, all right, here goes another story.
4: This is Fred Bocino in Grand Rapids, Michigan, talking about being hit and hitting others with a flying disc in a disc golf. Uh, I've been hit and I have hit. Uh, In both cases, uh, they were a matter of the uh, imperfect or errant uh, drives and uh, not so much a matter of careless disregard for others. Uh, My point though is uh, here that the um, choice of the course, the placement of your courses and the uh, way you design the holes can influence the way that injuries may occur. Uh, The uh, idea that a uh, fairway is designed in a way where uh, only perfect throwers uh, will be playing there is a mistake. So um, in the one case where I hit somebody, it was uh, early early, early 1980s, and there was a a sheltered picnic area somewhat close to the fairway. And uh, I shanked one, and it hit the lady... Uh, about my age right now, uh, she was uh, sitting at a picnic table and uh, my my drive went uh, into uh, her, uh, her back and uh, that resulted in uh, me sending her a dozen roses. So that was basically a, a huge embarrassment just because I made a bad throw. In the case of uh, my being hit, this was probably at the number one course in Michigan, a place called Flip City, a very well-designed course. And uh, the uh, shot that hit me was more or less a a freak accident, if you will. Uh, It was a a drive off uh, the tee in the preceding hole, the earlier hole. Uh, I had just completed that hole and uh, the driver there uh, shanked one probably in the same direction, but with more power than I had in the the 80s. Um, And it managed to get through this gap in the trees and got me while I was standing at the tee uh, for for my next drive. And it got me right between the shoulder blades. And this is the point is made is this was not a bad, this was not a poorly designed course. This is one of the best courses. It's been named number one in the country in prior years. Okay.
0: So we heard stories from people here, Nick, you read some stories. We Mm -hmm. had a large response. We've heard all different across the spectrum of ways that this has happened. Can I ask this question just to get both of your guys input on this and to share with our listeners? Um, is it ever? I'll use the word "right" to kind of polarize it here. Is it ever right to throw on a hole before somebody's cleared the hole? Is there ever a situation? What do you think, Nick?
2: Yes, it's a if it's a uh, par four or par five, and they're well outside of your reach, or they tell you to throw on them. Um, obviously, <laughs> like. It's not okay if you're going to throw on people where you know they're in a reachable range and they have no idea that you're about to throw. Like That's obviously wrong in a thousand different ways. But if you're playing a par four and they're well outside your driving range, I mean, for pace of play, especially if there's a group behind you, you might as well. I don't see an issue with throwing. Do you have anything to add to that, Matt? That
0: question? Nope, I
3: agree with Nick. But I think uh, if you're ever not sure if you can throw it, you know, a certain distance, then you should definitely not throw. If you're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to hit them, don't do it. Yeah,
0: That was during my first, I think, year or two of disc golf. I didn't realize how far I could throw. It was kind of like one of those situations where it just happened. I threw really far and I hit somebody's umbrella. It was like during a rain round and I hit their umbrella luckily. But, yeah. Um, What about like a situation where like it's a par four, Nick, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. or a five, and there's a tee pad, let's say, like to another hole, But somewhere where like you could hit somebody, like do you wait for the – which hole do you wait to clear? Is there a rule on that or like a best practice or etiquette?
2: I think the further hole is supposed to go first. So if you're teeing off on hole 11 and your drive could potentially hit the people on hole 12, I'm pretty sure the etiquette is hole 12 is supposed to tee off for pace of play reasons. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could open UDisc and look at the rules, the PDGA rules, um, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. So, like, if somebody's drive also, like, let's say, landed in your fairway, but they were from hole 12, we have to let them play. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Otherwise, you get major backups. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. what do you do? What's your opinion? I'm going to ask Matt, and this is just literally to get your thought. What do you think you should do if you hit someone? What are you going to do? Let me put it that way. What are you going to do if you hit somebody with a disc? Uh, Knock on wood. Don't go out and do it tomorrow. But, like, what would you do?
3: I'm definitely gonna run and give them a beer. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously you would profusely apologize and uh make sure that they're okay more than anything. You don't wanna hurt somebody. But hopefully that never happens. I definitely yeah. am pretty careful. If I ever did hit somebody, it would probably be the last story that we heard where your shot just went through every single tree in the woods and like yeah. ended up three fairways over and hit somebody. What do you think, Nick? At least that's what I would hope.
2: Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, accidentally so I was playing a tournament uh, earlier this year, like way early. I think it was December or January. I was playing a doubles tournament with a buddy. And we started off on a hole where you're actually teeing off inside of a barn and you got to go out the double doors at the end and the basket's out there. It's kind of a blind shot. But there were people, when you start up a tournament, there were people putting on our basket. We should have been putting on hole 16, but it was kind of a far walk. So we were going to throw our drives and then go outside and putt on 17 before the two-minute warning. Anyways, one of my shots faded off left, hit my buddy Gage. I felt bad. He was super ticked about it, respectfully so. Um, But it was kind of just like, yo, dude, sorry, like didn't see you guys there. And then you just kind of hope it's better at that point. But I think if I saw someone and knowingly threw on them and then hit them, I would just, yeah, like you said, apologize profusely. And like, I don't know, I would hope I would never do that. So
0: interesting point, and we are going to move on to this point about golf in just a second here, golf versus disc golf. But somebody just said they think that maybe lefties have more of an issue than righties do, and that's an interesting point I haven't considered. It's possible due to – and maybe this is incorrect. Course design. Course design. I'm a lefty. Okay. Okay. So as a lefty, do you feel like a lot of courses – now we're getting off topic – are designed more for righties typically? I know that's kind of like –
3: I mean, I, I like to think that I'd never step up to a hole and think that it's designed for a certain handedness because you should be able to throw every shot on the course. Yes. And as a lefty, like, I'm sure you guys have noticed when you play with lefties, like, we're good at throwing annies. Like, we just have to be because... Yeah. Either we're good at forehands or Annie's, You have to pick one because there are a lot of you know, left turning holes. But yeah, I wouldn't say that lefties <laughs> are going to hit people because of that. Yeah. So that- I think
2: I think sometimes I get where the person's saying like I'm kind of like thinking of holes at Maple Hill. And when you throw down, say like you know hole eleven at Maple Hill whites, you go straight into the field. It's like a four hundred fifty foot shot. The pad for hole twelve though is to the right side of that. Say three eighty four hundred feet. So I guess as a lefty. If you don't get the power and you're going to hyzer out, you're literally going to hyzer right into 12's tee pad. I mean, even as a righty, when you turn it over too much, we always have to yell for it, the people. Nick, but
0: I did you look at the show notes or did I not put those in there? I got hit on hole 12 that you're actually oh. talking about. I was standing out. This is at Maple Hill. Go look at Joe Jomez coverage. Look at hole 11. And you've seen him crush off there because that's one of the big crusher holes. It's an elevated position into a field. And hole 12's tee pad is technically not a full shank but for a pro it would be a full shank for the am it it happens often mm-hmm. but i'm down at the t-pad standing there with my group and i just get creamed in the shoulder and i didn't see it coming at all so it's a pure surprise i thought my buddy just punched me like real hard on the shoulder for no reason and i realized that's what happened so yes to your point a lefty on that hole specifically for sure yeah um matt can you disc add an option to warn players of an incoming disc like it's got a GPS. I mean, we know who's throwing what disc they're doing. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. Definitely. We'll have that out tomorrow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just start buzzing people when my disc goes. <clears throat> okay. And then one last story here. It'll take me like 20 seconds to tell. I heard I met a guy originally in disc golf when I had like first started who I hadn't seen in a long time, like following that period. And I was like, where did that guy go? Well, apparently he moved back to his um home country of Brazil because he had hit somebody with a disc that was wearing glasses and actually caused the person to go blind in one of their eyes. And because he couldn't face the legal charges and the suing and all that, he literally fled the country. That's my understanding of it. I haven't talked to him about that. But that, I've never seen him again, and it just kind of makes sense after I heard the story. So that is crazy. Obviously, bad scenarios can happen from getting hit with a disc. But if you've been hit with a disc – Would you guys go ahead and just comment your answers here, write us, let us know of a scenario that might be very interesting for us to hear. So we're going to move on to this next topic. And so by segue of doing that, I worked on a golf course for a while, actually back when I was 16 or 17, I worked on a golf course in the maintenance side for a while and can I tell you in the golf world? And I'm sure if you've ever played golf, whether it's top golf or whatever you used to do with golf, when you see a maintenance guy out there, especially at a driving range, what are you trying to do?
2: Well, at top golf, you're trying to hit the guy who's collecting all the golf balls every time. <laughs> you're going for him. So, have you ever successfully hit him or the cart? I've seen people do it. I personally have not. I'm so bad at golf, but I, I have seen people do it. Okay. So
0: I was driving a Gator as the maintenance crew down one of these like service roads and somebody creamed a ball, I mean, straight towards us. And I'm driving kind of down the road in the same direction as they're hitting towards me. And I remember seeing this missile coming in and I just ducked literally while I'm driving. I just ducked down and it just smashed the plexiglass. I mean, like it would have really seriously hurt me. So like, here's my point. We're just moving into golf, but it was that, was, that was, my segue to get into golf. Okay. Did you like that? What'd you think, Matt? Good segue?
3: <laughs> Super smooth.
0: If you got hit by a golf ball, comment now. Is it going to hurt worse? I guess that's hard to know. You'd have to define it. But to get general, in general, getting hit by a golf ball or getting hit by a disc, what do you think, Nick?
2: I mean, a golf ball is coming at you a lot <laughs> faster than a disc is. I feel like at the start of a swing, but I don't know. Maybe towards the end of a flight of a disc golf disc, it would hurt more. Uh, personally i think dude i would not (laughs) want to step anywhere near someone who's driving and hitting a golf ball i don't want to be anywhere near that and get hit
0: what do you think matt which (laughs) this is like the show jackass (laughs) would you rather would you rather take a (laughs) shot from a golf ball or a disc from let's put it this way let's do criteria from 100 feet oh a disc
3: from 100 feet 100 feet. I mean, in ball golf, 100 feet is pretty close. So. Yeah,
2: and that ball's coming I mean, at you yeah. over 140 miles per hour. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah Most most, most people in disc golf can't throw over 70. I'm saying most people like there's obviously the one percenters who can, but most people cannot throw it over 70 miles per hour. So, I'll take my chances. And that's the thing.
3: I'm going back to my physics here and thinking of how oh, it's the square of the velocity. <laughs> But uh yeah. is the amount of energy you're getting hit with so it's probably honestly the golf ball might have like hurt a lot more yeah. i don't know it's tough because the yeah. disc is beveled and like yes. the ball is round there's too many variables too so many I think variables get answered.
0: okay so let's just get this question out of the way are you ready some people are going to be surprised that we can even ask this question because it doesn't seem like a question to a lot of people that has relevance to be talked about but here we go. You ready? What do you think about this? Is disc golf easier than golf? What is your yes. literal ignition reaction? What, yeah, oh, he's straight up. He's just like, yeah. He said yeah. it, but I, I want to make sure we hear it. What do you think, Matt?
3: Yeah, disc golf is, is easier than golf for sure. Um, and there's a few reasons for that, in my opinion. I mean, really putting, it all comes down to putting. In ball golf, putting is really where you separate like good players from not as good players. And in disc golf, putting is very much easier. Um, Just the nature of it. You know, what is a putt in disc golf and what is a putt in ball golf? Um, You could have a putt in ball golf from 100 feet away because there's a green that's 100 feet wide or 200 feet wide even. There's some crazy greens out there. Um, So in my opinion, yeah, ball golf is significantly harder. Um, You're hitting balls, like they measure in yards and we measure in feet, but the distances of our holes, just the number is about the same. Mm -hmm. So that means that their holes are three times as long And they're hitting a much smaller ball to a much smaller target.
0: Yes. Let me ask you this. Would the sword swallower say it's easier to swallow a sword than juggle 10 balls to the person who can juggle 10 balls? Would they say, hey, juggling 10 balls is harder than sword swallowing? Or would the juggler say, man, sword swallowing is definitely harder. I can juggle 10 balls. You see what I'm saying? Like, which one's tougher
3: there? Well, I don't think that those are really related like disc golf and ball golf are. Okay. I mean, disc golf and ball golf, it's the same objective. You're both trying to get uh, an object into a target, whereas putting a sword down your mouth or juggling a ball, like that's totally different things. That's what, just how what do you, I feel.
0: No, that's fine. So what do you think about, and I'm going to argue this point because I actually think I have where I want to go with this, but I want you guys to keep sharing for sure. What about Tiger Woods? looking into the face of Michael Jordan and now let's take away the, the news and TMZ and all those people that are going to say, Oh, how full of himself he is. Like is Tiger Woods going to say golf is harder to play than basketball at the same level that Michael Jordan is. I just picked two of the best. Like which one are they going to say is harder to play?
2: Yeah. I I think that's also hard to compare. I mean, I'm going to give an answer to it, but it's hard to compare because basketball being a team sport, Tiger Woods might say, mm-hmm. yeah, that's harder because you have four other people on the court helping you out at all times. In golf, it's you versus the elements and the course and everything like that. So I think kind of where in golf, you're pretty much playing you versus the field as in like 1v1v1v1. 1v1, um, you can almost equate that to maybe more tennis. So Roger Federer, you know Nadal and everyone like that. I don't know. It's weird. I think personally, I look at golf as being one of the hardest sports and especially one of the hardest sports to get good at only in the sense that it's probably the least accessible sport when it comes to money, like Mm -hmm. basketball, you can go out and buy a $40 basketball. You can go to the public park and you shoot hoops for the next six hours. You can't, you got to go to a driving range and you got to pay $10 for a bucket of balls or you got to go to a golf course. You got to pay $60 with a cart to go play around. And at the same time, you're not really like, I never played golf because, I i mean, I've obviously played golf before, but I've never said, oh, yeah, I want to get really good at golf. And so this is probably one of the reasons why I haven't done it. But when I go out disc golfing, there are some times in my practice rounds where I don't leave the hole until I birdie it. In golf, I feel like if I was due to the same thing, I would not finish 18 holes in like three days' time span because I obviously just wouldn't birdie every single hole at some point that round. I just feel like it's – easier to get better at disc golf than it is regular golf
3: so i'm going to agree yeah, with that you, yeah i'm going to say you're also not allowed to do that in ball golf like because there's tee times yeah there's it's te- very frowned on to even to even hit one extra shot exactly a of the time but there's, so
0: that's definitely a factor here in the discussion in that maybe you can't get as good as quick in golf because you're limited you can only go to a golf course or i guess a driving range but like to actually play out a hole you can only do it so so much and you're not going to play probably multiple golf rounds a day. So like the ramp up speed, I'll give this to both of you. The ramp up speed of disc golf is way faster. You could play four rounds a day if you wanted to and you could get four times faster, better. I said yeah. that kind of funny. But yes, I agree with that. But, but that doesn't necessarily mean, and this is interesting. If I ask a golfer, okay, a, a golfer to go play disc golf, which is he going to say is easier?
2: Disc golf.
3: I mean, <laughs> I just I feel like it people. depends how long. They, if they play one yes. round, they might say disc golf is harder. But yes, I yeah. think they, they would also understand the physics behind the whole thing, like the distances involved and the accuracy involved in golf is like clearly more challenging.
0: So, yeah. So let me ask this.
3: If you take a
0: touring PGA professional, OK, and you say, listen, you no longer are going to play golf. We just nuked golf. It's gone. But go play disc golf. We'll pay the same amount of money. Is that PGA professional going to be able to say, let's assume that they want to, okay? Let's, let's take away all the hypotheticals. Um, are they going to be able to become a top, I'm going to try to make it a little bit more specific, a top 20 PDGA golfer? The reason I do that is because the amount of people in the sport is not even close to the same. So do you think a PGA golfer if they put their mind to it, could become a top 20 PDGA because it's easier.
3: I would say theoretically it could happen, but I would put my money on somebody that's in you know a, a little bit more athletic sport. Like golf is certainly athletic, but I would put my money on like a basketball player or a hockey player yeah. or a baseball player, probably hockey or baseball oh. over a ball golfer. So help
0: me. Is that because you're saying disc golf is harder?
3: I'm saying disc golf involves a more athletic movement because you are the club. In ball golf, you have a very highly manufactured you know, thing that people engineer to be able to hit a ball really far, whereas distance in disc golf is about form and about so, athleticism and musculature and things like that, whereas ball golf,
2: there is some what, of that. Yeah, and I I feel like that's one of the few areas that disc golf could potentially be harder, but the thing is is that If you can't drive well in golf, you're not going to reach anywhere close the distance that you need for a hole. But
0: why can't you drive well because you're not practicing enough? I don't think it's because it's harder. I think it's – can we actually determine that it's harder? We can only do that, and I'm going to give this out. You can only do that if you literally have the same person spending the same amount of time on each to say – but even then what if it comes down to an athletic ability that's different do we say that that's harder because well they can't have that athletic ability but the other does I I, I let me ask it, let me see if I have another question here that can bring this up cuz I think we need to make this a more defined yeah. question and so let me ask it this way is it harder which one takes more time
3: to master golf definitely golf I should have maybe prefaced this that I played a whole lot of ball golf in high school. Like I had season passes. I played every day, every summer for four years. Like I kind of think, (laughs) did you, did you master golf? I got to the point where I was shooting par occasionally. Wow. That's insane. So I was, I was pretty good at a certain point and then I completely stopped playing and I played like maybe three rounds in the last 10 years. But so let me ask you
0: this. And you got to understand, this is who I am, my personality I bring to the show. I'm not trying to pin you in a corner, but why then? And I don't know your rating in PDGA, and I don't care to know it right now. I haven't but like, played
3: a tournament in four and a half years. Okay, but, but do you
0: think, and maybe so back when you were playing disc golf more, you're saying that you believe that you could be way better at disc golf than you were at golf?
3: Definitely, yeah. And quicker. Compared to... Yeah, more quickly, for sure. More quickly. I mean, you definitely have some points that, like, ball golf is a little bit less accessible. You can't practice quite as much without spending a lot of money. It takes more time, and that is one of the things that draws people to disc golf, too. But at the same time, like, having played both, just, you know, the distances involved, the, like, hand-eye coordination, the judging of distances is so much harder in ball golf because you can stand there and say like, like in disc golf, you can stand there and you pretty much always know if you played a lot, you know, like, okay, that's somewhere between 300 to 330 feet away or something like that. Whereas in ball golf, it's like, I have no idea. Like that could be like 200 yards away or that could be 230 yards away. And the only reason you know is because they have markers in the ground that are like, this is 220 from the pin. And then you go, okay, you know, because you're playing 300 foot,
2: you're playing 350 yard holes.
3: So, exactly. yeah, your depth perception for
2: when you're trying to get onto the green is a lot further than what you're doing in disc golf. When the, the longest right. hold I've ever played was, I think, hole seven at Fox Run, which is just over a thousand feet.
3: It's a crazy hole.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a crazy hole, but it's very like after three shots, you know, you're forehanding or approaching with your normal overstable fairway driver or mid range. I, you know, I think I throw a Raptor on my last shot on that hole, but, um, It's pretty simple to and maybe that's because I've been playing disc golf, obviously a lot longer, but like it's pretty easy to gauge the distance. Plus, look at the basket that you're looking at. You know, in golf, you're looking at a skinny, skinny pole. Yeah, you can't even see the hole in the ground.
0: But of course, a disc golfer is going to say golf is harder. Like, I can't understand. Like, I I know I've only brought disc golfers on the show, but like, of course, a disc golfer is going to say it's harder unless they've if they've mastered golf then they, they may or may not say it because maybe it came easy to them, right? Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting proposition to say which one's harder because is it harder to become Paul McBeth? And I'm not going to lie, there is something off the charts about him as a player. And you can look at stats. You can look at everything. Is it harder to become him or Tiger Woods? And you can say Tiger Woods, and that could be because you're measuring that against competition, You're saying it's harder because of the competition he's going against. I'm actually asking, is it the sport itself harder to master than disc golf? And then the reason, and I'll follow it up with this. Can you ever top out in disc golf? Like, hey, we've hit the end. I've mastered it. It's over. Or are you always needing to improve your game? And I would ask the same thing about golf. And if that's the case, are we just saying, because I know the answer to that is you can never top out. You always have something to improve on. So because of that are we going to say which one takes longer to master? Is that what we're basing this off of? Like which one takes longer because you're obviously but I feel like it's always forever. Like you're never going to top out. So how can we say that one's actually harder than the other?
2: Yeah, I I think that's what crazy that's what's crazy about sports is you can't really top out at it. Like cuz there's going to be that mistake that you made at a tournament that you can always think, "Oh, I should have Im- I can improve on that." Like I put it 98% from circle one this week. I should have put it hundred percent. So that's always something that you can work on, but like disc golf and golf, like you're never going to be perfect at them. Like you'll, you'll never be perfect at a sport. If you're a high level competitor, you will never be perfect at it. You can be obviously be the best you can be. And with disc golf, we have the rating system. So I don't think there's a limiter on what people can do because like Paul's the highest rated in the world. And Paul's also shot the highest rate around, he could beat both of those records that he has. And then after that, in 20 years, someone else can beat those records. Like I don't think we'll ever be able to limit it unless you take out those certain things.
1: No,
0: and so let me just say this as a recap. I personally believe that most people are evaluating this discussion, and I'm not discrediting that you guys have your own opinions on this, but most people are basing this off of the speed at which somebody can get better at it. Like I can teach somebody new, and they can actually go play a tournament in a couple weeks because, well, look at Brody Smith. That's a very relevant topic here. I think we should have him on the show sometime and ask him about golf because he actually did that at a touring level, I think. Um, But there's two other points I just want to mention. One is age is relevant. I had somebody comment that to a 65 plus year old person, golf is actually um, disc golf is actually harder because, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, the athletic ability. So I mean, age. So you have to you have to define it, obviously, the question. Um, but then somebody else commented, and I just want to reiterate this point for our listeners who can't see these comments coming in here, is that someone said, well, Paul, think about it. Paul only won against 100 of the best players and Tiger against 1,000. But this goes back to my point. I'm not saying which is harder to win a championship. I'm saying which sport is harder because which one is harder to win a championship is really not fair to Paul. Because if we had 1,000 top pros in the world for disc golf, would Paul win right now? And my answer is right now at this time, yes. And that does, so I, I think that is not part of the discussion as far as which is harder. That would be part of the discussion, which is harder to win. Okay. But not necessarily which one is harder. And I'm talking on a very practical level. And maybe I'm just offended because how many times have you heard, and this is to our listeners, I was sitting at work and someone looks over at me and I said, hey, you want to play disc golf? And he goes, no, that's too easy. I, I like the real, I like the real thing. And I'm thinking to myself, have you ever thrown a disc? And I asked him that, and he said no. And it just really offended me that what apparently I'm doing and I'm struggling hard as a 935-rated player to do is so easy. <laughs> and so yeah. that's where, I mean, and then we hear Simon, and I'm just going to put it out there, right, in his vlog. You've been on his vlog, Nick. Yeah. And have you ever golfed with Simon?
2: Uh, I've played indoor golfing simulators with Simon, yeah. Is he good at golf? He's better than the, the average person who never plays. Like he's actually, he can hit the ball fairly well.
0: Yeah, and so I heard him in one of his vlogs. Shout out to his vlogs. He said compared to, or he said golf compared to disc golf, like disc golf is really easy. Like this is from Simon's mouth. Now, just because he's Simon and he throws disc golf really well, to me, it it sounds like, well, of course, you don't spend much time playing golf. Of course, that's harder to you. it's an interesting topic, at the very least to me, Matt Graham on the Nick and Matt show. I'm just making my points. If you agree with any of my points, I see some people agreeing here. Um, Some people are totally disagreeing. Do you have any other thoughts, Matt, on this that have come up here in the last little bit?
3: I was just going to say that when I'm thinking about this, the reason that golf is so much harder to me is because if you're off even by a tiny amount your angle when you're hitting that ball your ball is going to go in the wrong direction way 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 further than a disc would if your disc slips out a little bit if you grip lock it a little bit it's not going to end up terribly you're not going to be like you know literally 600 feet the yeah, wrong so direction so disc ball golfers golf? are luckier <laughs> okay uh, so <laughs> it's just it's just physics I and mean, yeah. there's less no i yeah i, I, I thousands thousands agree with, with that so the i mean
2: like you said if you miss your line in disc golf there are potential times that you're going to park the hole still but if you miss mm-hmm. your line in golf like when that ball starts going yeah. to the right and slices it ain't coming back there's no s curve nope. in golf it's it's gone goodbye
0: but that's another point the that, wind that, that no things. okay but that yeah. makes another point to me golf only has like so many 3d paths through the air x y z whatever and like golf you can actually start going one direction go the other direction and if you have a really crazy throw you can go the other direction
2: and, disc golf, and yeah.
0: yes and so to me you're actually adding more variables and here's the point you're talking about like hey if you let the go the angle a little off okay that might be true if you're playing like fountain hills or like one of those courses that's wide open but at maple hill if you are a little off you're, you're punished to the max there's OB on almost every hole there's water everywhere so yeah but
3: at least your disc only went 100 feet and didn't go 600 feet the, but the but, to your, point, you but to your point but to your point ball. you yeah.
0: can't throw a disc's max distance is way less and so the whole distance is you can't use that as a straight comparison because I'm not saying go throw a disc golf disc on a golf course. I'm saying throw Full a shirt. disc. golf. So meaning if, if 600 feet's the max distance, we have to do. So you talked about putting earlier, right? And you said like a, a hundred foot putt, you can, I don't think you can go a hundred foot putt disc golf to a hundred foot. That's a different game. I mean, not a different, it's the same strategy or goal, but it's different. And so like, I personally wouldn't compare a twenty-foot putt in golf to a twenty-foot putt in disc golf. I would say that no, that's not comparable. Yeah. So we would compare a twenty-foot putt in golf to maybe, honestly, a ninety or a hundred-foot putt. In well, maybe not that. I don't know something in that range. My point that, is yeah. that doesn't make the sport easier or harder in my opinion because again, the tools are different. You talked about um, the tool that was in your hand was designed in a special way to you know ricochet a ball so far. And so if let's do this. This is a different discussion. I'll kind of just wrap up on this. The players who started golf a long time ago, imagine if they looked at the golfers today. Do you think they would say the game was harder back then or today?
2: Well, that's the same thing disc golfers say. The game was harder back when Ken Kleimo and Barry Schultz were winning everything than it is now that Paul, Ricky, and Eagle, and those players are winning everything because the technology advances. So – yeah, old timers are obviously going to say that it's easier nowadays, but at the same time, they all have the respect level as in like what the top players in the world and the top distance players and everything like that. What they're doing is incredible in and of itself. But there is yeah, there is a case where you could say it's easier because of our technology, but at the same time, our when technology grew in disc golf and golf, the courses also got bigger. So, mm-hmm. courses that, you know, players were playing back in the 70s 80s and 90s for disc golf when discs did you know they were kind of like cheap plastic you flipped them up they turned to the right no one really had a forehand anything like that you know their holes were 200 to 300 feet i feel like like you could go back and look at worlds and they shoot negative 90 over seven eight rounds or something like that so it's insane i don't know then you look at courses now like northwood's golds where if you're a couple under par, like you did an incredible thing. And I love that. I think that's the best way to compare disc golf to golf is like, yeah, we have courses where fountain Hills, you go and shoot 17 down and that puts you on lead card. But, but that just means,
0: and (laughs) we can go on forever. I'll argue this point, but that just means that par is easier. That doesn't mean it's easier to throw the disc and do what you did. That just means par was easier. So if we're, again, if we're saying is the competition easier, I will give you that. Disc golf competition is way easier because there's not as many people at a high level. That yep. will change eventually. If you say, is it easier to shoot under par in disc golf? I will give you that 100%. It's way easier. I do it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But I don't know that I can actually say that the actual physics, I, I, well, I'll give so you this I, as well. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, this yeah. as well. The ramp up is way faster. So yeah. in a sense, it's easier to get into and to ramp up. But when we start getting into that, I'm just going to say thousand rated plus. Is it actually easier to refine at the smallest detail of how I hold my thumb, the angle, the spin, the thoughts about the wind in your backswing, just all of it together. I feel like the human brain is doing just as much, if not more than golf at the same time.
2: I don't know. I think so. One of the things, you know, Matt was talking about earlier was the margin for error in golf is a lot higher than it is in disc golf. Like, he was saying, if you mess up your drive, if you duff the ball in golf and you go 30 yards off the tee, you can't throw your driver again. In disc golf, sometimes if you mess your shot up, you can usually throw your driver again. You can run up to it. In golf, you don't put another tee in the ground, and so you lose however much distance just off of that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: To par everything in disc golf is a thousand times. It's easier to – uh what's the U-disc? um Bounce back. The bounce-back stat. Oh, yeah. Is bounce that what back, it is? Yeah. yeah, it's easier to have a, a higher bounce-back stat in disc golf than it is golf. Uh, I think by a 1,000%. Like, I I don't know. This one, argument's weird because you're comparing,
3: you're comparing two different sports. Is-
2: What's that? Sorry.
3: I was just going to say ball golf is played on the ground and disc golf is played in the air.
2: Yeah.
5: And
3: that's something that I think a lot of people don't think about. So in ball golf, your lie – it impacts so much what your potential for your next shot is. So your ball can, you can have a perfectly great drive, you know, 300 yards up the center and then it settles in a divot and you get up there and you have to play where it lies. So guess what? Like you said, you can't get your driver out. You're getting, you know, like a nine iron out and you're trying to just hack at the ground. Yeah. To try your to get position your ball playing at that air.
2: point.
0: Okay. So I'll just wrap this up by saying, I think it's still a question about which, which would take longer to master. And, and Golf. at this point, Yes, and at this point, I would actually say that's probably correct, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it's easier because I think if you take a 1,000, again, a 1,000 really good disc golfers, and I'm talking, let's say, 1,040 plus, okay, in the future, and you have a 1,000 golfers, like we're going to be very impressed with the winner of disc golf almost as much as we are golf in the future if there's that many competitors vying for that position because it's going
2: to come down to the smallest detail. Um, so I think this year's Worlds – or excuse me, last year's Worlds in Peoria really showed like very, very competitive, high level. Like that was the best Worlds to watch in a long time. And uh, I think that that was kind of one of the big moments in disc golf where it was like, holy cow, those dudes played absolutely amazing. Like Paul and Ricky's battle the last round was insane. Ricky was shredding it, and they were going shot for shot. So we're finally getting to Mm -hmm. that competitive nature where – I don't know. Hopefully there are more people in contention at tournaments. You know, obviously I'm always rooting for Paul. He's one of my best friends, but um, yeah. So that was great. You have any closing
0: thoughts, Matt, on that? We're getting ready to shut down the show, but what do you think?
3: Well, my last thought is maybe just when you watch ball golf, even the guy that wins the tournament, he's not making every putt. When you watch disc golf, the guy that wins the tournament probably only missed one putt yeah. the whole day. And that's really where differentiator comes to me is just putting in disc golf is significantly easier. You're expected to make your putt when you get up there. In ball golf, you're not expected to make your putt unless – I think it's something like um, – don't quote me on this, but I feel like I read that it was something like a five-foot putt for ball golfers. It's like 99% for pros, but as soon as you get out to like 10 feet, it's like – Thirty percent or something like it drops significantly. Yeah. So, whereas in disc golf, it's just like if you're in the circle and you're a pro, like if you don't yes. make it, we're surprised.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what i was just gonna say and to wrap this up just i'll get the last word <laughs> to that point if, if you have a tap-in in golf we're talking like a foot or two away like we would say that's really boring too but i think what you'd have to do is look at where that stat drops off like you just said where it drops off from whatever it was five feet or whatever you said look it might at where be three feet. I can't okay but look at where that really drops off and you actually have access to this matt over at u disc look at where that stat really drops off for footage distance and i think that's where the comparable would be. And that's my point saying like, you're right. If, if the top winner is hitting every single putt, I don't think he's hitting every single putt. It's only by the way we've defined it, which is saying inside of whatever circle two. but how many attempts were made from uh, 68 feet or whatever, you know what I mean? Where they're not hitting those. Um, you, you have those stats. I'm saying, I think we can't compare it apples to apples. I hope people appreciated this conversation. Honestly, I love this topic. I think some people are going to totally just discredit it. But if you enjoyed this, would you just comment? Would you write us a message? Let us know um, your thoughts on it. Um, We're going to wrap this show up. You got any closing thoughts, Nick?
2: Uh, No, that's just about it. Next week we might talk about how do we make putting and disc golf harder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's not bad. So would you comment? Let us know what you'd be interested in us talking about. Thank you guys for joining. We're going to wrap this up. Until next week, this was the Nick and Matt Show. Thanks for joining us, Matt Kruger over at UDisc, and we look forward to what you guys continue to do over there. Have a good evening, everybody. Appreciate it. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in to The Nick and Matt Show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social
4: platform and subscribe on iTunes.